This episode is brought to you by Carvana. They'll drive you happy. Carvana has purchased over a million cars from happy customers by giving them an offer within minutes. And they can do the same for you. Carvana will give you a real offer for your car within minutes. Then they'll come to pick up your car and pay you on the spot. So to get a real offer on your vehicle in minutes, download the app or visit Carvana.com. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Turn the volume down. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I just want to say welcome to the show. Thank you for doing this with me. I know that we've talked about doing this review for a while. This is actually something that I've been wanting to do. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad I can make your dreams come true. Okay. I'm glad that you can too. <laughs> Thank you. And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast, we're actually going to be doing our Rob Zombie review for the 2007 film Halloween. This movie had a budget of $15 million mm. and made $80.4 million. Wow. So it did pretty decent at the movies. And then at first, Rob wasn't going to make a sequel to this, uh, to this, uh, to this one at all. Because he said that unless the studio said that, you know, that they're going to do another one. So the studios did say that they were going to make another film. But then he went on ahead, signed up with it because they didn't want he didn't want the studios to ruin his own vision of the film itself. So he went on ahead and did the second film. Oh, OK. OK. So. But, but you said the you... second one is not as great. Right. No, he no, he pretty much ruined his own vision. Oh, I, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> should have left it alone. He should have, or just got somebody else to direct it. Because I'm just going to be honest with you, I did not care for the second film. I like this one over the second film, and oh, I also wow. like this. To be honest with you, I like this better than most of his movies in itself because there's a more of a movement with this film. With this film, it's better put together. It's not into different sections to me. It's a better pacing film is what I'm trying to say. Well, he had a big studio backing it too, right? Right. He had a big studio, but, you know, he did. Here's the thing. With Rob Zombie's films, he likes to go ahead and do his own thing, Mm -hmm. which I appraise him on because that's what I love about independent directors and stuff like that. And, you know, it's just his of stuff that he likes to do is not my uh pretty pretty much not my forte when it comes down to to his movies but with this one I really like yeah yeah me too and I rarely um have horror movies in my DVD collection but I like this one I do too um what did you think about him making it this movie his own thing because that's what Carpenter actually told him because when Rob went over to see Carpenter, John Carpenter, he said, I don't mind making remaking this movie as long as you put your own emphasis on it, your own little touch on this remake. Yeah, I, so, I can see that. Um the problem I had, I guess, was I was trying to figure out what era we were in. 
because uh, I wasn't sure if I was in the 60s or 50s because at one point I saw a portrait of John F. Kennedy in the house. I don't know right. if you caught that. Um, no, I didn't actually. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, there's there's Kennedy on the wall. Okay. And then the uh, I, I, I was like, okay, am I in the 70s? Am I in the 60s? Or I'm in the 80s? So for me, it kind of jumped around from era to era. And I was like, I don't know what era I'm in. Okay, so here's the thing. At the very beginning, it starts off with uh, with it being like set in the 1970s. The film is, uh, as a matter of fact, it's actually a reimagining of the 1978 horror film. So oh, okay. you can definitely tell there's a little bit of that going on, especially at the very beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. Then it jumps 15 years later after that period. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's that, but. You know, I thought it was, I really liked the fact that they even did the same neighborhood that they originally did the first Halloween movie. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And I, uh, going back to your original um, statement about him putting his own touches on things, uh, the first scene where Michael has the clown mask on, it reminded me of the uh, Captain Spaulding. In the house of a thousand corpses. I'm not sure yeah. why, but that's all it reminded me of. <laughs> so I could and see we'll... touches of Rob Zombie, and just in that right. first scene alone, I could see that as well. Um, I do. I definitely have to say I do love the opening scene where you actually have. I forgot what the name of the song is. That's actually playing, but you can definitely tell there's a '70s kind of style to it because of the music that they're actually playing. But I definitely love the opening where you actually see Michael doing something with his um, hamsters and stuff like that. And then, of course, you have the abusive douchebag boyfriend of the mother. Yeah. Which I don't blame him for wanting to kill him. Yeah, I did not feel bad for his death. But I, I know in that scene, you could see the poverty of Michael Myers, just like the poverty and chaos in that family scene. Just the mom looking strung out and tired, and then there's the lazy, abusive, creepy boyfriend. I was going to say stepdad, but I don't think they're married. No. Um, Mm -hmm. And then it's just like everything is just so claustrophobic in the kitchen. And then there's a baby in the kitchen and the baby's crying in the background and they're yelling at each other. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But another thing though, too, you actually get to see Michael's whole entire w- a way of doing things, especially with the hamsters, when he kills the hamsters. And then he goes downstairs with his clown mask on. Mm-hmm. And he said, my hamsters died. And then the mother goes, oh, I'm sorry, honey. I'll buy you another one. Mm, that's weird. She's like yeah. oblivious to the fact that his hamsters keep dying. Well, I think this might be just his first batch, his first pet kind of thing. Oh, okay. Which maybe the first animal they might have killed was the hamsters. And she doesn't know that that's what happened. Because think of it like this. I mean, 
he's up in his room. She's downstairs. She has no clue at how the hamsters died. But any other mother would actually say, how did the hamsters die? Yeah. But that just goes to show you the brokenness of that home, though. But even the home can actually be a character in itself because of how broken it is. It is. Yeah. So there's that. And uh, a stepdad. Sorry. The stepdad just, like, when his sister came downstairs and Mm. the stepdad was getting very creepy and it made me very uncomfortable he was just like looking at the sister and then he commented on how nice her ass was to the mom yeah he said I would like to actually have a crack at that ass yeah. is what he says and then he said he goes I bet she has a nice little catch if you know what I mean yeah. and then the mother goes oh really you're talking about my daughter you can definitely tell she's pissed off and then I don't know if she's joking back with him or she's still pissed off, but he said, I would like to actually take the other stripper home with me, the one with the big titties. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then, yeah, and then the mother's like, you mean the one that has her tits all the way down to her knees? Yeah, then he was talking about her floppy tits, and I was like, oh, yeah. what kind of kitchen table talk is this? <laughs> Right, like, exactly. Is that something that I'm talking about floppy titties and I'm trying to get some cereal? Right. I don't have time <laughs> I don't for have this. time for this. I just want my Captain Crunch. I don't want to talk about my floppy titties. Just give me, just give me my cereal. <laughs> I need to be that as a as a as a shirt. Nobody has time for your floppy titties. I don't have time for your floppy titties. Just give me my cereal. <laughs> right? But it just goes to show you how broken they are mm-hmm. as people, how dysfunctional that they actually are. And, you know, Michael is the only one that is attached to his sister, which I actually have to admire Michael for that. For the love of his sister, he actually has that bond with her where she, he's actually protective of his sister. And he's the only one that he actually reveals that reveals his face to. Everybody else he's pretty much closed off. His sister? I thought he was closer to his baby brother than anyone else. No, that's the baby sister. That's the sister. Oh, that's a sister. That's that's not the brother. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) Remember, that's supposed to be Lori as a a baby. Sorry, I was like... (laughs) Yeah. That was a boy. (laughs) It's... It's okay. Oh All babies look like boys when they don't have hair. Well, especially <laughs> when you put like a skull cap on a baby's head. How am I supposed to know that True. that's a girl? Okay, you got a point. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I really have to say, they actually set the tone for what's going to happen next. Especially, like I mentioned, with him killing animals, which is actually one of the things that serial killers do when they first start killing Mm. Mm. is kill animals and then they go from killing animals to killing people okay I wrote notes about that so since you're going early into the serial killer portion (laughs) yeah because that's actually pretty much the first scene if you actually think about it Mm. so it's hard not to make that connectivity with with that context yeah because he and not only that but he does kill a cat later on and there's also snapshots of the cat in his backpack yeah and that was that scene where the principal called the mom to the office 
And she was like, oh, right. what's going on? Hey, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to get to work. And the principal was like, your, your son basically is a psychopath. And he's like holding a bag with a dead cat in it. And he's like, we found this. I think he's saying his locker or somewhere like that. And she was like, oh, right. what big deal. He, he found a dead cat. I was like, big deal? <laughs> she probably was thinking maybe he might have picked it up. And even but then, still, that's creepy. No. <laughs> right. I mean, no normal human child would actually pick up a cat or kill a cat or no. take pictures of a dead cat. I mean, if they unless of course do, I can maybe. Okay, so maybe I can see kids just poking at a dead cat, which I have not done. But me either. I'm, I'm gonna give that some leeway if they didn't kill it. <laughs> But I could also see taking pictures of something happened to your pet cat, mm. but just to go ahead and take snapshots of the cat and everything after you killed it, no. No. And carry it around with you. Yeah. Yeah. That that's definitely creepy. Yeah. I mean unless that's my pet. But I know I think I would just immediately bury my pet instead of just carry it around with me. But that's just me. Right. Like I said, <laughs> like I said, either way it goes, either scenario they actually put down is still creepy. Then you also have the whole entire thing where his mom's job is now affecting mm-hmm. Michael Myers' life because of the lifestyle she actually has. Yeah. Yeah. Like because remember the yeah. Go ahead. I was right. just about to say that. Yeah, because of the bullies and everything that were picking on him, and that's also what gave him away with the whole cat situation, I believe. Mm, yeah, it is. It is. Because here's the thing. The, these uh, He's in the bathroom. These bullies come in and everything and they start making fun of him. And he goes, well, maybe I should just go down to the strip bar and see your mom show her tits. And there's actually a picture of Sherry Moon Zombie in a newspaper uh, clipping with her naked and I'm like, where do they actually get a ma- I never saw a magazine where they actually have stripper, strippers or newspaper articles with strippers on there like that. Hmm. <laughs> but, but you know, they wind up showing the picture to him and everything. Because maybe I'll just go on ahead and just whack off to your mom tonight. Yeah, and then he mentioned his sister being a calm dumpster. Yeah. And I was like, geez. Yeah, calm dumpster. <laughs> oh my God. What kind of children are these? <laughs> And then <laughs> the principal comes in as they're fighting, and Michael. And at first, the the teacher's actually on his side, until Michael says "fuck you." Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "Well, that's there's that. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> that'll do it." But yep, that'll do it. And then of course, that's when Loomis shows up, and everything too. Whenever his mom's inside, the principal's office goes. She's telling him, "Oh, this is horse shit." And everything, you guys should be ashamed of yourselves for messing with my son mm-hmm. and everything. And she's not listening to reason. She's bl- oblivious to what her son is doing. Yes. Because it, it seems like she doesn't have time. And you can see the the neglect on the mom's part, too. Like, she's not listening to reason, like you said, or paying attention to her child's disturbing patterns. All she's focused on is that. like I have to mm. get to work. I have to put food on the table. 
Right, exactly. And I can uh, get this. Back in those days and everything, I can actually see a mother being kind of like that because the mo- a mother is uh, basically the one who's trying to provide for the family, yeah. in a sense. Because her deadbeat douchebag asshole boyfriend mm-hmm. is not doing anything. Yeah. But yeah, I can see that in a lot of moms, like working moms, like when the mm-hmm. parent, the dad is absent, that the the moms just have tunnel vision, and it's nothing against them. They just, it's like they don't have time to think about what is my kid doing. All they're thinking about is I have to put food on the table. I have to get to work. So right. there's no this but is no that... like diss to single moms. It's just that sometimes you just get tunnel vision sometimes and the kid is just off here just doing some crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but but another thing though too that I want to mention is the fact that, you know, there. I think she's also probably doesn't want to acknowledge or she doesn't want to accept the reality that her son is a psychopath mm-hmm. and just wants to put up a wall, a veil around her eyes to uh, blind herself from what she sees. Yeah. You know, especially whenever he's at a young age, whenever he still has his innocence as well. Yeah, because it, it's kind of like a, a failure on her part as a mother. So it, it's hard to admit that I failed my child. Right. I can definitely feel that. And But as she's yelling at Loomis, as she's yelling at the principal, Michael gets up <laughs> and he sees the two bullies. And he follows them out of the school. And that's when uh, he winds up, the bully winds up uh, getting killed by Michael Myers in the woods. Yes, the the main one, too, that pulled out the ad yep. for his mom's stripper debut or whatever. Um, that one got it hard yeah. for him, where he got like smacked upside the head with a tree branch. <laughs> or tree limb. <laughs> I don't know what that was. And a shovel. It was a I want to say probably a piece of uh it was it was it was definitely um it was definitely a tree branch or a limb or yeah. something. Just hard enough to actually knock him down. Yeah, and a shovel. And I, I don't think there was a shovel, oh, was I, there? I thought I saw one. No. No, it was just a tree branch. Well. <laughs> but but yeah that was just a tree branch that he had mm-hmm. and he just kept on smacking him with it and then of course he actually ha- puts his mask back on yeah I was going to ask what you think about that because that's, that's a pattern throughout the whole movie like when he's actually doing the kill he has his mask on and then when he sees his victim struggling he takes he lifts his mask up to stare down at them. Like, what do you think about that? I think it's like a masculine oh, thing. Okay. Because if you actually think about it, they're actually a victim. They're on the ground. So therefore, he feels like he's about 10 inches taller than mm-hmm. they are, I think. Yeah. You know, and he's kind of hunched over them saying, I got mm-hmm. you. Okay, yeah. Wow. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. 
toxic masculinity. Because that's the only... <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Michael Myers 101. Oh, but... <laughs> but then it goes on ahead and it goes back to his house and it's Halloween night and you already know what's going to happen. Because it was all because it, was, it took everything that took place in the first film. It's about to go down in this mm-hmm. film. But the mother goes off to work, and even the mother said, "This is what Sherry Moon's um, zombies character winds up saying to Michael." She goes, "I shouldn't even let you go get out of this uh, get out of this house after the shit you pulled at school." If she only knew and, what was in the woods, right? <laughs> Right. <laughs> the cat and the hamsters were just the tip yeah. of the iceberg, ladies. Yeah. Um, but he still got to go out trick-or-treating. Uh, <laughs> that's what you call it. Um, but if you actually remember, the sister was actually supposed to take him trick-or-treating. Yeah. Yeah, you remember. And... And the boyfriend's over there making fun of him. He goes, you're going to make me late. And then all of a sudden, the boyfriend goes on ahead and mocks him. Mm. And that added more fuel yeah. to the fire. But, like, going going back to the beginning of that scene, I, I saw another Rob Zombie, I guess I'm going to call it trope, <laughs> where... <laughs> or uh, Easter yeah, egg. Sorry. Easter egg. Yeah, where... Um, <laughs> His the stepdad, the boyfriend, whatever you want to call him. I just call him garbage. <laughs> Mr. Garbage. He is yeah. a piece of shit. <laughs> well, he was sitting in a chair watching a monster movie. Do you remember that? I think it was Frankenstein. Yeah. And you, yeah, it was actually an old yeah, black and white Frankenstein movie. You see movie. that a lot in Rob Zombie's films too. Yeah, you do, because he actually does play a lot off of those kind of films, especially whenever he actually grew up in a carnival, one of those freak show carnivals. So he definitely uses a lot of the horror elements from old black and white films. Yeah, it is almost like a foreshadowing, too. Because I believe that scene in Frankenstein, he was coming, Frankenstein was coming in the door uh, hallway or whatever it's called, uh, making his entrance. Like the monster was yep. making his entrance into the room. Uh, that's actually a good call. I didn't think about that. I'm trying to go deep tonight, John. <laughs> I see that. I see that. I Thank respect you. that. I'm trying, man. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but you know, I really, I really like how you actually used that, though. That was actually hmm. pretty cool. But. So then she's like, "You go take you go take your own self trick or treating." So I don't know if he already had candy in the bucket or if he took him, his own self out trick or treating. But at that time, when he's sitting out on that stoop and everything, you see Sherry Moon Zombie uh, stripping to love hurts. Oh yeah. And I thought that was actually a perfect placement for that song. Yeah, it is because. Michael is hurting. He loves his mom. There's that brokenness of the mm-hmm. home. Yeah. And then, I guess he sucked it up. <laughs> goes back inside. And he duct tapes the husband's head to the chair. Duct tapes 
his arms to the chair, his legs to the chair, and then was it? He ends up taking a butcher knife or a kitchen knife and slit, slitting his okay, throat. Okay, I have a question. Okay. So, what kind of deep sleep was the the boyfriend in? Because he duct taped him like I don't know how many times. Now he used basically the whole roll of duct tape. Basically, and the only yeah. thing that woke him up was him slitting his throat. Right. So I don't know that, that part... if he took some shrooms or whatever it was that put you in a deep sleep where you can't feel anybody duct taping you to a chair. Another thing, though, too, maybe he was intoxicated with uh, drinking yes, as well. Yeah, but something should wake you up. Besides, you slid him out That's throat. true. <laughs> You're right. That's, <laughs> maybe that's true. it was like, it was like almost and beer. It was like he just volunteered. It's like, Michael, yeah, you go on ahead. I'm going to sit here. You can use the whole yeah. roll of duct tape on me. And then whenever you're done, I want you to slit yeah, my and throat. that's the only thing that wakes me up. Because I got work in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just got to go on ahead and make more dirty comments about yeah. your sister. But I agree. I mean, that, that did seem kind of unrealistic. But I understand where Rob was actually trying to go with that. Yes, I do too. Yeah, you know? and another Rob Zombie style is him showcasing his wife's body because he's in love with his wife. So you always see her ass everywhere. <laughs> you see more than her ass. <laughs> <laughs> you always see. <laughs> you see her boyfriend. You see. I'm like, the, okay, thing. well, the man heck. loves his wife. He just wants you to know that this is who I go home to. But heck. And you should be jealous. <laughs> Even on the back of my... <laughs> next, You know what you need to do? That picture I sent you of the Rob Zombie t-shirt I got from his concert? Go back and look at that. His wife is actually naked on the back of, of my shirt. Hey, I'm telling you, he's proud of his <laughs> wife. He's like, look what I have and look what you got next to you. Right. That troll in the bed next to you. <laughs> okay it's like i got my vegan wife i got my i'm (laughs) i'm set for life son oh do they have kids right okay i don't think so but anywho (laughs) um then after that i love the camera angle whenever it shows michael going up into the bedroom and it has that first-person view, just like the original film, where he's actually grabbing something. Yeah, there's a lot of you know um, interesting camera angles, some unorthodox, but I think it fits the yeah. film. It most definitely does. And then, you know, you actually see the kill scene with the sister getting stabbed. But I love the throwback to the original Halloween, where... He winds up killing the boyfriend, even though we don't see him kill the boyfriend. But he does kill somebody in the first Halloween movie where the where the boyfriend's actually trying to scare his girlfriend by putting the uh, the sheet yeah. over his face. Yeah. Yeah, with over his, his glasses body. on. And, right. Right. So I love that throwback. And then, of course, he ends up... <laughs> Right. <laughs> 
And then, of course, he winds up stabbing him, puts puts the boyfriend on... Well, basically, he stabs the boyfriend against the door. The uh, door across from the bedroom, That's I believe. That's the original one, right? Yeah. Right. Because in the Rob Zombie one, the boyfriend just goes downstairs, gets some cold cuts out the refrigerator, which he didn't pay for, but it's fine. And he's like, oh, I'm so hungry. Just had hot picks. Let me eat some cold cuts. Then all of a sudden, his head gets bashed in. Wait, not only that, but he also has the Michael Myers mask on oh, while they're ew, doing it. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. It's yeah. so creepy. Okay. So I got it mixed up with the other scene from with Lori. So I do apologize with that. With... uh present day Lori with her friends and everything that's actually oh, that oh, oh yeah okay. with the sheet over the head okay so I got okay. that part mixed up but he, the boyfriend does have the mask on while they're actually yeah. having sex he's like hey babe look at this and she's like ew what is that sorry that's not <laughs> <laughs> that's it's accurate <laughs> I want to keep it on. Okay. Isn't it hot? No, you're so stupid. Kiss me. (laughs) (laughs) And then that's that's whenever he does go into the kitchen and everything. Yeah. And he ends up killing the boyfriend. He should be killed because he's eating like an animal. Like he doesn't even have bread. He just eats cold cut. Just. Well. It's after sex. You just grab anything that you can find. I mean, I used to make sandwiches. <laughs> so you, can, you got enough energy to make a sandwich. <laughs> Animal. So yeah, he winds up killing the boyfriend. <laughs> and then he goes on ahead and he stabs the sister. Yeah. Well, first he does a creepy he kills thing her. where he has the same mask on that they use for sex. And then he starts right. touching his the boyfriend's used. legs. And I was like, yep. oh God, this is creepy. And she's like, stop. I said stop. Didn't I give you some already? And then she realizes that it's her Michael, uh, brother. And he does that kind of... <laughs> another, another thing he does is that tilting head thing where he actually cocks his head to the right a little bit. Yeah, like a curious puppy. Right. And then she winds up telling him, Michael, what are you doing? And everything. Take the mask off. Yeah, and then he stabs her in the stomach. And he's like, oh no. <laughs> Then he stabs her again all the way across the hallway, and then she winds up dying. And then, he, of course, he's outside, and the mother is just getting off of work. And that's when uh, the police are actually called. So what did you think well, about that? I wanted that? to go back, because I wanted to ask you a question or just point something out that I noticed the okay. pattern with. Like, with women, he seems a bit more violent in his killings with. Because, like, he stabbed his... Well, not that he wasn't violent with the boyfriend, but there's something different with women. Because with the sister, he stabbed her in the stomach. 
and she's like, you know, crawling in the hallway. And then we find out he stabbed her 17 times. So it's like, uh, yeah, he got really violent. He has with women in general. I wonder if it has something to do with his mother not Boom. being around. Yep. They say that's how most serial killers start, where it's a neglect from the mom or abuse, or they're in an abusive household. But that's another topic because a lot of people have been in abusive households and they don't end up like serial killers. So that's like the hot button no. issue with criminology. Like, is it psychological? What's going on? What's the tick that make people go to the edge? I believe what made him tick, though, was just a combination of everything with the boyfriend, with the mother, Mm -hmm. with the sister, and everything. And it's just all of a sudden just a combustion of everything to where he just finally snaps. Yeah. What do you yeah, think? That's, that's yeah. what I feel. I mean, that's what I think. Sorry, uh, I don't know. What then, I of feel. course. <laughs> but you know what, though? I really do appreciate uh, Rob actually putting a psychological twist to it with Loomis. It gives you more of a, a background with Loomis, with uh, the history he has with Michael compared to what we got with the first Halloween movie with yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. And that's something I appreciate. I appreciate the psychological uh, yeah, aspect and, of um, it. Rob definitely comes in and fills in the blanks. Because I think in the original movie, it's kind of like the um, psychologist or psychologist uh, just kind of pops out of nowhere. And you're like, where did this guy come from? Well... In the very beginning, you don't end of that film okay. because I still remember it. It's very, it's a very simplistic yeah, film, uh, the way it's actually done. But basically, Loomis is going up to the front gates of the psychiatric place, and he realizes that Michael has escaped. Him mm-hmm. and this other nurse, and there was a big riot inside the psychiatric ward. Oh, okay. So that's how he escaped. It was just how he appeared to everybody else in Haydenfield, where he yeah. just suddenly appeared, though. And nobody even questioned the fact that he was a doctor or anything. There was nobody asking him for any identification yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, it just kind of popped up. But, like, and they're like, hey, I'm like, right. who's this guy? And then a character goes, not for <laughs> such and such. I'm like, oh, okay. But you know what, though? I really loved the whole entire thing where you actually have the video shots of Michael and black and white going day by day of the transformation. Is that when he was a kid? No? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was when he's a kid. He's at the psychiatric place now because he got arrested. Mm-hmm. He's in the psych ward and at, the, at that age. But before we actually see Michael in the psych ward... Loomis actually has some psychological notes down talking about Michael, the behavior with Michael and stuff like that and going day by day with Michael using the film, black and white film of the seven millimeter film. Mm, Okay. Okay. Because I know there was a black and white component when uh, they put 
Michael in the police car as a kid. That yeah, that scene turned black. Yeah, and they white. definitely did that. Yeah, yeah, but then they did the other one too, where uh, before you actually see him in the psych ward, it he was doing the whole evaluation oh, yeah. on him. Yeah, yeah, that. So uh, that's that something that I really like. The psychologist and Michael, where he's, you know, this is the first interview um, or consultation he's doing with Michael. And he's like, um, what did he ask him? I think he asked him, you know, hey, how are you doing? Michael. And Michael's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, and it was just like a normal conversation a kid has with a, a child psychologist or just an adult in general that they are kind of comfortable with. He's like, oh, you talk funny. And he's like uh, talking about his costume and, oh, look at this mask I made. And he's like, Michael, do you remember anything, anything about Halloween? He's like, mm, <laughs> I ate some candy. I'm like, you murdered people? <laughs> no. Oh, I ate some candy. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Right, he he eats some candy. He asks yeah. when he can go back home. Yeah, and then he asks, "Oh, how's everyone else?" Because doing? he has no regulation. How do you think they're doing? <laughs> I don't understand. Right, because even whenever the because remember, he even asked the mother that he goes, "How's everyone at home doing?" Yeah, like he totally blacked yeah. out on everything. Like he doesn't yeah, remember that, killing that's anybody. Interesting in itself. That he can compartmentalize his killings. Like, oh, how's everybody else doing? Uh, most people, if they do something wrong to someone, um, they would know I killed somebody or, oh, no, I did something wrong to this person. But I guess there are some people out there that can just compartmentalize things and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, don't forget with Norman Bates, he would black out every single time when he would kill somebody. You had to bring Norman Bates in this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just saying, you know, he blacked out all the time when he would kill somebody and he would blame his mother for killing. uh, Son's best friend is his mother. That is creepy, but <laughs> okay, you're just it's getting the goosebumps. Uh, if anybody but... doesn't know, it's a line from Psycho since John brought up Norman Bates. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do have to say, the scene those scenes actually work out pretty well, and then you know, there's also another part as well where. He winds up killing somebody inside the psychiatric yeah. ward in front of his yeah. mother. Yeah. Oh, what do you think about uh, Danny Trejo's performance as a janitor? Or not janitor, but. Um, oh, we're going to get to that in a minute. Orderly. Yeah, I, I, we're going to get to that in a minute because I really liked his character. So I do want to touch base on that. Well, throughout the whole, like, Um, where we see Michael day by day in the psych ward, and he just 
creates the diff- different masks, you know. And each mask, he's like, oh, I, I like the mask because it hides how ugly I am. And his mom is like, you know, take this mask off. He's like, no, just leave it on. I like it. So you, you start to see a persona develop in that, that there's a different mask and it's yeah. darker and it's creepier and it's more disfigured looking. Right. And a matter of fact, the mask that he has on whenever it's just him and his mom yes. was a pumpkin. Yes. It was like a pumpkin mask. And then, you know, Loomis even says it too that he actually uh, ha- has an infatuation yeah. with masks and everything. And it's like his personalities yeah. are inside the mask. So there's that. That's something that I really liked about it was they put more emphasis on the mask, on what the mask actually means to Michael. And things like that. So yeah. I really like that yeah. perspective. I, I like Rob Zombie's perspective on it too. I mean, he really made me think. And he really treated it like a case study. Right. I actually felt like I was in... The, you remember that movie? That yes, show, I'm Mind still Hunters waiting on, on the next season. Which I don't know where it is. But it's fine. Oh, they're on. They're not going to do Why another not? Is it because I didn't watch it that one time? <laughs> that show was oh canceled. How could they do this to me, John? That, John, that show was canceled. Oh my god! I don't know. I will. You After that. this, I will. Like, you better believe it. Okay. I'm so upset. Right All now. right. But I'm going to get through this interview. <laughs> but it definitely. <laughs> okay, but it, it definitely has this, um, you know, this forensic files slash Mindhunters kind of vibe yeah. to it that I really enjoy by getting into the mind of the serial yeah. killer. Yeah, I, I like that, which I found out the newly the Mindhunters is canceled now, but I did like Mindhunters going through that aspect um, and just documentaries in general uh, foreshadowing to our future series we're going to do together. But um, <laughs> right. Um, because we are doing in that. General, that just talk about serial killer. I'm getting off a little bit, but there's a Pierce Morgan documentary or docu series where he interviews actual mm-hmm. serial killers. And he asks them, "Why did you do what you do? Did?" And they give all these answers, or they're just in denial, like people are just pinning pinning this on me. They don't know who I am. They're the villains. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's very interesting. Just him being, this okay. is pre-COVID, but him being like, just right in front of the serial killer, just ballsy, asking, what's wrong with you? Why did you kill these people? And I was like, why is Pierce Morgan not dead right now? It's just like, yeah. I'm gonna have to check that one out though. To be honest with you, the title of the series is because I forgot. Okay, I can't wait to actually check that out though because I'm actually interested in seeing that now now that you actually mentioned that. Anyway, back to the film. (laughs) So, okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was just like and a little short back. break. Uh, now break. back back to the review. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's see. And then after that, you actually have Michael killing the orderly, which is the uh, no, 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 and everything with the, the nurse, fork. Right. The mother winds up. Yeah. Yeah, the nurse. Yeah, a nurse. He winds up killing the nurse right in front of him, right in front of her, and everything. And at that point, she what realizes it's too about late for Michael. Looks on their faces, because this is the first time you see the psychologist look in disgust and horror. Like, what kind of animal is this? And then this is the first time you see the mom when she takes the mask off, and Michael's just screaming and yelling at her and irate, and she's right. crying because I guess she just. It's like I just lost my child. Like I don't know who this is anymore. What did you think about those things? I think it was the realization that it's too late for Michael. Mm -hmm. There is no coming back. He is gone. The child that she once knew or thought she knew is not there anymore. It's just nothing but an empty, shallow shell of a person that is no longer her son. And with Loomis... It's just the horrifying uh, fact that he was right about everything that he mentioned to his mother. It just came to the realization in front of his face that he is the monster that he thought he was going to be. And he didn't expect it to be that extreme. Yeah. Is it different? Because here's the thing. It's different to actually see news reports of someone being stabbed to death and not being there. And seeing how graphic it is. All you see is the aftermath of what Michael does. And did. So him being right in front of Michael. And seeing what he did. That horrified him. Yeah. You know. Because he was there. Out in front and center. Yeah it does. Does that make sense? Wow. Yeah because I don't. I was trying to think. With all these killings. (laughs) What, what is ticking him off? You know, the only thing I thought, well, the nurse didn't do anything wrong, but the only thing I saw was she, she picked up his picture of him and his baby sister. Okay. <laughs> sister. Like a boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> picture. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, and oh, snaps. cute kid. And then she puts it back down on the table. And for some reason, that made him snap. And I'm like, I think it was that overprotection oh, okay. of his sister, of him loving his sister. Because they are the only two youngest ones out of that whole family and everything. The uh, older sister was older than he was. So there's that little bit of a connection of where they're kind of close to the same, not close to the same yeah. age, but they're still young. And he's just being an older brother to his sister. And that was his way of thinking of, you know, nobody touches my, the picture on mm. my baby sister okay. but me wow. kind of thing. We're getting deep tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we are. Frenchie should be proud of us. Bonjour, Frenchie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I do like the Danny Trejo thing whenever he tells Mikey, he, goes, he says, Mikey, it's going to be okay. Keep your chin up. You know, he's just there for Mike, Michael and everything because he feels like maybe he wasn't 
loved or anybody acknowledged him or anything like that. So I really liked how Danny was actually trying to be a kind of like a yeah, father-like exactly. figure, like a friend to Mike. Feeling the role of a father, especially he calls him Mikey. Right. Yeah. Right, instead of Michael, and you know, but I do like now what? with this. Rob did play a Rob cameo role in this film. Yep. Now we're gonna go on ahead and talk about uh, a couple of years later, where at this time Loomis doesn't even want to see Michael anymore. He's pretty much uh, not talking at all anymore. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. with comatose. Yeah. If you if, is that the right word? Um. So he's not even talking to anybody anymore or anything like that. So Loomis gave up on him. So he goes away, and now it's just him in the psych ward with Danny Treu and some of the other orderlies and stuff like that. And I do like the speech that Loomis actually gives about the eyes and the way Michael actually looks during uh, during the time when he was young and things like yeah. that. I definitely oh, love wait, that aspect. There's something I have to say going back. Um, when Danny okay. Trejo is with the other orderly and he's like, you know, don't talk about him like that. And he's like, what do you mean? You feel something for that thing? And then they're in his room and he's uh, an adult now. You know, and his whole room is just full of these paper mache masks. And not only that, but Michael is huge. Like, seven foot tall. If you, did you ever see wrestling? Like, yeah, do you know who Kane yeah. is? Kane. Kane and the Undertaker. Yeah, I know who Yeah, Kane that's is. how huge he yep. was in this film. Yeah. Wait, was that Kane? Was that? I don't have to go <laughs> back and see who played the older Michael Myers. I forgot. To be honest with you, I forgot who played him. Uh, one time I remembered the actor that played yeah, Michael, well, but I can't exactly remember Yeah, exactly like that wrestler Kane from WWE. Just that mm-hmm. big and jacked, and right. in a sense, that wrestling character. Now that I'm thinking about it, is reminding me of Michael Myers. You, you know what, though, that's actually a pretty good yeah because analogy he, of Kane the size. The that, that's has actually a mask perfect. On, the mass is disfigured. I remember at one point when I was really big into. WWE wrestling, his mask came off, and everybody was like, Oh my god, put it back on, help, you know. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, <laughs> sidetrack. Oh, and then there was a scene. Okay, sorry. so Tyler Maine is. Hold on. Tyler, Tyler Maine was the guy who played Michael Myers. I don't. In the, uh, he's six foot nine. Goodness. Yeah. Was he a wrestler? <laughs> Man, he should have been. Uh, no. <laughs> Dude was jacked. <laughs> no. Yeah, he was. I wouldn't want to mess with him. I wouldn't want to be putting my mm. ma- putting my hands on his mask no. and putting it on my face no. and walking. Him. No, no. But 
I know you uh go on ahead and oh, no, uh, was, tell me um, what point you were trying to make real quick. Psychologist too. was with that was his last day with Michael and he was like, Well, you know, Michael, you in these fifteen years you've become a one of my best friends, which is terribly sad. Um, I guess because Michael doesn't talk and he just appears to listen to him. <laughs> I oh, think oh, it's oh, reverse okay. psychology of him trying to talk. Man, it worked on me. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> and Michael just doesn't care. And I think he actually yeah, said that his like, wife left him so too. Me, you know, I want to say. I got Michael. Which is also sad. I'm like, Mm-mm. Michael don't care yeah. about your parents, I wish he would have said, I don't care about you, you know? and your fucking wife. That would, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> right? <laughs> that would have been funny. But all he only wants to do is do yeah. paper lache He's and go back to make a mess. That's all he wants. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now we're going to get to the nitty-gritty about the okay. two orderlies that you were mentioning. Rob Zombie played one of those orderlies. The one next to Danny Trejo? The one that set, that was mocking him and making fun of him? And also oh, the one who was trying to rape man. the girl? I totally missed that. Scene. And the psych yeah, ward? Yeah. So, yeah, he was actually one of the orderlies. And, you know, at that now, if you're wondering how Michael actually breaks out, he winds up, one of the orderlies winds up opening up his room. And then he's also Rob Zombie and this other guy go, takes this mentally, uh, me, this other patient and tries to put him inside the same room. And so the way... He, Michael can get off on her or vice versa where they're going to try and rape her and they do rape her but Michael had enough of their shit and he winds up killing totally them missed that scene. and I have the DVD and then, so I don't know what happened <laughs> wow okay, oh, okay so I also had the director's cut that one. <laughs> yeah okay so maybe that that's be. why I don't know but <laughs> Um, but anyways, he winds up killing Rob Zombie, and then Danny Trejo comes in, and he tells Michael, he goes, Mikey, here, put your handcuffs back on. And at first, you think Michael's actually going to do it, and everything, that Michael's actually going to give him his hands. And then all of a sudden, he yeah, winds up beating the hell out of Danny Trejo. what ticked him off. What ticked Michael off that he had to just beat up his? Well, it wasn't his friend, but I, I mean, maybe I'm just projecting how I would feel if somebody but, showed me kindness. I'm like, oh no, I don't want to hurt my friend. So I think it's just my projections upon Michael right. Myers. Because here's the thing. I, th- I was thinking the same thing, though, too. I was wondering, when I first saw this in theaters, I was like, I wonder if he's going to let this yeah. guy live. You know? Yeah. Because he's showed kindness to him. 
And it's a total different mind-blowing experience because you're not expecting it. But at the same time, you have to expect it because, number one, it's a slasher film. But the way he kills Danny, I feel bad for him. Even whenever he's at Mikey, don't do this. Even when he's drowning him, he's still telling him. through the, it, When he's drowning him through the water, he's still telling him. And then he gets a TV, and then he winds up he, uh, off the off the TV stand that they actually have on the wall. Yeah. Takes yeah, it and smashes like, it Mikey, no, on Danny Trejo. I was good to you. Don't you remember? So I don't know if it was <clears throat> that Danny Trejo was scared or showed fear when he saw the dead orderly. And he's like, oh no, Michael, what you do? He'll put these I think it on. was. Maybe. Yeah. And you can tell that he's shaking. He's shaking. So Danny is actually shaking. fear just so, made Michael feel like he betrayed me. So I have to kill him. Or because... Or maybe it's a different way. I don't know. I'm, that's actually a good way of thinking it. But I was also thinking, well, the one person that I trust mm, that doesn't really that trust too. me after all. And going back to your um, um, your explanation of the doctor, like when the doctor was doing his book tour on Michael Myers, <laughs> um, it was something yeah. interesting. He brought up the <laughs> color of, of black. And how it represents the absence of light. And there's this huge picture of Michael as a kid. And he's like, look at his eyes. Do you notice that they're void of light and it's blackness and darkness? I thought that scene was pretty cool. I did too. Okay, cool. All right. So now we're... I, I really love that. I really do. I, I really love that aspect of it and stuff like that. I really definitely have to say the way that that black and white photo showed mm-hmm. yeah, Michael well, was perfect. And the, act, the actor that plays him as a kid was really well cast. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Um... So now oh, we're getting into uh, the whole Lori situation. <laughs> when Michael breaks out. Okay. Um, this is after he killed, you know, our friend Danny Trejo, who is now selling tacos on Instagram. But <laughs> but in the movie when he killed him. <laughs> and my favorite uh rush song came on, Tom Sawyer. And it, it was when it panned to Yeah. Um I don't know if that was a truck stop or it was truck stop. So yeah, that was like a little off, truck I was stop. getting into the song because that's one of my favorite songs. And it and all these songs foreshadow because with Tom Sawyer, it's it's like you know um, nobody understands him. The modern day man, blah blah blah, whatever. Just listen to the Rush song, you'll understand what I'm saying. Um, and then there was this one character that looked like a black Elvis. It's like the black dude, uh, the black trucker with the mutton chops. And then he had his Elvis hairdo. Yeah. Um, but I found out his name is John Grizzly. Grizzly, I think that's his name. 
and he was in the uh, bathroom yeah. at the trucker stop with the porno mag. And then Michael Myers come in. He's knocking on the door. And he's like, hey, man, you better back up, you know, because I, I got a Taco Deluxe Supreme that's coming. So you're going to have to wait. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I feel when I go to Taco Bell. <laughs> Like, please, I got, I had the number three. You're gonna have to back up. You gotta wait. Right. Hell, that's actually how I feel with the Diablo sauce. <laughs> and then he kept knocking, and he's like, I'm not into that stuff, man. You know, and then the fight scene with him, and I, I just like how Joe, Joe Grizzly. Uh, sees Michael Myers, which we would be terrified, and he's just looking at him like, I'm going to snatch that mask off your face. Don't you know who I am? I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminds you of I'm the like, James bitch. <laughs> you know? And then he went out like a warrior, too, but Dang, he's fighting this psychopath, Michael Myers. I wonder if I wonder if Mike Yeah, with his pants down. down. I'm like, that is the way to go out. It's like I ain't going out like no punk bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. With my pants down with a burrito coming out of me. Yeah, John's, but still. (laughs) He went out like a champ. That was my favorite thing. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, we can move on now. <laughs> but, okay, all right. <laughs> um, so now we're going over to Lori, which is Michael Myers' sister. She's actually a teenager now. And you can definitely tell that there's a little bit of that douchebag perversion even though as a teenager yeah, you know you you're going to be perverted anyways as a teen but you can definitely tell there's still a little bit of mannerisms to her with the from the boyfriend yeah even though she was a yeah, baby she was a boy. with a skull cap on her yeah, head yeah. but <laughs> right but you know especially the part with the bagel where she was actually oh, uh, talking yeah, about the bagel her, about um, makeup, uh, where she was parents, making fun of somebody. Right, her adoptive parent, yeah. Right. Yeah, that was her do- yeah. adoptive parents. So, I definitely do feel the chemistry between them and everything, between Lori the, and the two parents, I actually do feel the connectivity there. I definitely do feel some kind of chemistry where I can actually believe that they're actually yeah, um, yeah, and related. I, like I said, it was it was very creepy, and I was on edge when Michael was back in his old house, the, which is now abandoned, and then Lori puts mail through the mail slot, and he's like, right, oh my god. He's like, right, right it was actually the key the to the house. While the mail is going through, and I'm like, is he gonna just grab the mail from her hand and pull her through the door? Uh, 
Right, that part was actually really creepy. And then, of course, I love how they're playing off yeah. of the Jamie Lee Curtis original film. Yeah. I thought that was really good. Especially whenever he's stalking them. And then you can actually see where one of the girls looked behind them. There's Michael popped behind the bushes and then he disappears whenever they yeah. go back yeah. and walk in again. She looks again and he's gone. Yeah. So they are definitely using the shape, oh, which is what he was originally called, is the shape. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So they are using elements from Carpenter, but also at the same time using Rob Zombie's flavors. Um, so what I else do you uh, what else do you like about some of the scenes? Go into abandoned houses to have sex. Okay. Well, number one, they're teenagers. They can't afford a hotel yes. room. Their hormones are all over the place, probably. Yes. Okay, but I so wouldn't be caught dead in no abandoned house. But <laughs> which <laughs> did not come out right. Okay. <laughs> not after I just asked that question. <laughs> Especially after okay, I said so that. Now they're in high school. I never skipped school. But some of my friends were like, let's just skip school. You know, there's this house in the woods we got to show you. I don't know why I was like, okay. Creepy setup anyway. So anyway, there's this, there was my old high school and uh, deep in the woods, there was this abandoned small house and it looked kind of like a, a, a doll house. I don't know, it was like very small. Anyway, um, the kids used to go there to have sex in the house. And we went in there, but nobody was doing anything, you know. Um, and I was like, this is very creepy. And there was like these strange writings on the wall. And I was like, this feels exactly like a horror movie. And I don't understand why I'm here. So maybe I should go. <laughs> But my friends are here, so I guess I just stay <laughs> and get murdered. <laughs> and then I can't even make this up. We heard a noise. We were like, "Oh!" All I knew was we all were running. We just, I, we just ran. We didn't even look back. Nobody fell randomly like they're doing horror movies when they run. <laughs> Everybody was on point when they running. Oh. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> that's great. That that's well, not great, but I don't know. I think you're okay, <laughs> but just, that, you know what I mean. And I was like, I, I never skipped after that one day. <laughs> I was like, what? I wouldn't want to skip it, either. It was just like <laughs> some rustling and a rustling sound, and then I think we heard somebody say, "Who's back there?" We were like, "Oh, run, run." I don't have time to look out for you. Just run. Take care of yourself. <laughs> I'll meet you at the school. <laughs> okay, that was my story. Thank you. Okay. So, okay. So, we actually get to mm-hmm. a couple of the other things that actually happened in this film. Like, we ended up getting to where 
Loomis is actually trying to investigate where Michael's at. And he knows exactly where he's heading to. He's heading to Hayden Field. So he tries to go um, to Hayden Field yeah. before Michael gets there and before any murders take place. And then, of course, he goes to the cop and explains the situation to him. And the cop is doesn't like him, but he bought his book. Yeah. And he reads yeah, his yeah. book. It's kind of like sinister if you, if you actually think about it. Yeah. You know? But... He's like, let me tell... He goes, you got to be razor edge honest with me. If I make this call and I break this promise, you have to promise that you're actually telling me the truth. He, sa- he said, I have... And he ex- breaks everything down to a T on who Michael Myers is, how he is. He even made him look at that black and white picture of Michael. And that's what made him believe. And then, of course, that's when Michael is already killed. Yeah. Um, the uh, Lori's parents. And then, yeah. Well, not only that, but also too, it's during the daytime with this other scene, where we actually see Sid, yeah. aka Spalding. Uh, and the Myers grave is gone. Loomis is saying, and he goes, who the hell would actually take a whole gravestone? He goes, I know who it is. And then because there's a dead cat, the cat in the place like a, of a the tombstone. Pose. Yeah, as a matter of fact, it was yeah. made out, the way the cross actually was, was actually out of sticks. And he was actually placed on that cross. Uh, so, I have no words for that. What did you think about that? That is like super serial killer stuff. Okay, right what did there. you think about seeing Sid? <laughs> I was like, oh, right. the guy from the house. What would you think about seeing corpse. Sid again? That's Captain Spaulding. Yeah. That's I love that. I love the throwback to that, though. I didn't really feel like that was forced. Right. Yeah. He has little cameos here and there from his other films. But then, of course, you know, Loomis is actually uh, talking to the cop in the police car. Actually, going to go on ahead and try and kill Michael. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah. 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 I. Well, there's something I wanted to kind of point out um, from all the killings <laughs> when um, Michael seems to come in he's in the background when these teenagers are having sex <laughs> um, it seems like there's a mixture of um, sexual frustration in him and anger and I, I'm I think that may be some result of the classic signs of a serial. Hey, all right. All right. What what was the last thing you heard? Well, I was talking about how Loomis showed the cop the black and and white photo of Michael Myers on the book. 
And then I went on ahead and talked about when he was in the cop car with him, with the cop. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. And about how he has no soul in him anymore. There's nothing there mm-hmm. but darkness. Mm, yeah. And that was it. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, I, I'll talk about what I was saying right quick. Okay. We're, we're almost racket, wrapping up. <laughs> right. <laughs> As Anchor is kicking us off. Um, but yeah, I was just pointing out that Michael seemed sexually frustrated because <laughs> he's all he, what <laughs> he's always well he does there's some some mixture in the, the killing spree I believe and that's just my theory because he's always killing these kids when they're having sex it's like they after they have sex or during like Lori's friend at least you can say Michael actually lets them finish. Jason doesn't care. He'll just go in and kill you while you're having sex. <laughs> <laughs> Michael nobody, will be like, okay. I can't have it. Nobody can. Ugh. Right. <laughs> Michael's like, okay, I'll, I'm, I'm going to give you 10 minutes to finish and then I'll kill you. Well, there was that um, thing where Lori's friend and her boyfriend were on the couch having sex and he just appears out the shadows. Mm-hmm. Like just watching them have sex, and then he's like, "All right, that's enough." And he <laughs> comes around and like grabs the boy and stabs him. And then the girl's like, "Oh my god, what the hell just happened?" Um, and then she's fighting for her life in the kitchen, swinging a knife, and he's just like <clears throat> smacking her around. But I always wonder why didn't he just kill her immediately? Right, because that's actually the police officer's daughter. Oh, oh yeah, that is her. Okay. Right. So I don't understand how he didn't really fully on kill her. But then again, think of it like this. He was only after Lori. So once he saw Lori, he left her. Mm. And she was kind of like bait too, right? Not really. She wasn't bait or anything like that because remember, she doesn't know that she's related to this guy or anything. All she knows is her friends are getting butchered by this crazy guy. Mm-hmm. And she has no recognition of who he is. So, you know, she's running away and Michael is over there following her with the knife. Oh, okay. So, he finally does wind up getting her, though. Mm-hmm. And then, remember, in the basement, you know, I thought, they even did this in the original film, though, too, where they actually have the Myers gravestone, and then her friend is right there in front of the gravestone with the Myers cross. Oh, yeah. And Lori's over there just panicking and losing her mind, which I don't blame her at all. I would have been in the same situation. And everything, and then Michael comes in to the basement area and removes his mask just like he did when she was a baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, and oh, that's a good, yep, that's a good connection. Yeah, it was. Like I said, that's why I think that he's actually feels safe with her to reveal his own self to her. Mm, and he shows a picture of them too. 
Right. Yeah. And that's why she he's over there showing the picture of them saying, look, we're brother and sister. And Lori does not understand because he's not talking. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, she goes, I don't know who they are. I don't know who they are. And then she tell, tells him to please leave her and her friend alone. Her friend is dead. But, you know, it's all about shell shock that her friend is dead anyways. But, mm-hmm. but you know, she goes, let me help you. Let me help you. And as she's saying that, she go, she's getting closer and closer to the knife because he also puts the knife down, too. Yeah. And then he stabs. Then she winds up stabbing him with the knife. She winds up going to the window instead of going back up the stairs like I would have done. But... Uh, she winds what... up. Oh, huh? sorry. No, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go on. I I was just gonna say I don't know what that would be called, but it's kind of like they they catch the killer off guard. Because I just thought about that in um, uh, maybe it was the first Jason movie mm-hmm. or the second one. I can't remember, but one of the camp counselors was like. Jason, don't you know who it is? It's me, Mother. And then he kind of like tilts his head and like, Mother? And it's like he's picturing that girl as his mom and then mm-hmm. his knife slowly goes down. Right. Like they, there's some kind of way where these women can catch them off guard to get them off of their 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 purpose. Of whatever right. it is that their purpose is of killing these people, I think it's just the bond with the mother. Though I think it's mm. just the love for their mother. Wow. Like I said, Bates as well. I mean, do they all have connectivity with their mother? Wow, wow, yeah. <laughs> but I thought I really like. I remember seeing that scene where Lori's trying to break out of the house and everything down to the basement. Yeah. And I remember feeling really trapped down there with her and wanting her to get out alive. Yeah. So I really like that aspect. They also, of course, did the whole entire scene once again with Billy and the kids again. I want to mention that, though, too, which I thought was a perfect throwback to the original Halloween movie. With the yeah. little girl and the little boy, I thought yeah. that was actually a perfect throwback. Yeah, that was. Um, I do want to at least acknowledge that, mm-hmm. but you know, then you know, Loomis is actually trying to hunt Michael down again, and of course, the cop actually finds his daughter actually on the floor, and then Loomis hears Lori screaming in the house. And then that's when Loomis goes over there to investigate. And Michael's in the swimming pool with Lori. As a matter of fact, the swimming pool is actually greened out. And he's shooting at him. And what did you think about that? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that... Now, when you were talking about just feeling trapped, I was feeling trapped in that swimming pool scene. Um, and she was down there in an empty pool, um, no no way out, and he's above her, just stalking her, taking his mm-hmm. time. That terrified right. me because I was like, "Oh my god! Like what? What would I do? I mean, I know I would be trying to crawl out of the pool, but it, 
There's no way to run. Yeah. There's no nowhere to go. Yeah. But it's great. Yeah. You actually think about it. Oh my god. So I really love the scene with Loomis where he's actually trying to gun him down and then finally you think that's it. You think that's the final scene where he where Michael is you think he's dead. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then Lori looks at Loomis and goes, Was that the boogeyman? He goes, Yes, that was the boogeyman. And as soon as he cranks up the car, Michael grabs her. Yeah. Snatches her out of the car. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's trying to take her back to the house again. And then Loomis once again tries to save her. He winds up throwing Lori down on the floor. He grabs Loomis and actually uh, tr- squeezes his head together. It puts pressure on both of uh, his head. Yeah, because he was like, no, Michael, it's, it's not her fault. I failed you. Right. And that's when he goes and kills him. Right. Mm. Basically saying, I failed you. I left you. Yeah. It wasn't Lori's fault or anything like that. I'm the one who abandoned you. Wow. And yeah. So he does have the knowledge, which is something I really liked about that, though. He actually gave Loomis a new side to him, to that character that I haven't seen before, which I really liked. Uh, what side but was that? Was the fact that he's acknowledging the fact that he messed up mm-hmm. with him. Wow. And that he was the one who abandoned him and why he feels alone. But at the same time, what choice do you have as a doctor who's not, where the patient's not doing anything, being non-coherent with anything? But, <laughs> you know, I like, I also like the other thing, too, where Lori goes up into the attic. You know? Yeah, I'm with you. And uh, he gets the uh, two-by-four and starts going away up on the attic and everything. Yeah. What did you think about that? Yeah, that's another scene where you feel claustrophobic. Yeah. <laughs> and trapped. Because <laughs> it's like, it's me versus this serial killer. Okay, what am I going to do? <laughs> exactly. So she has no choice but to fall down out of the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. At that point. And I also like it too, whenever, I also want to mention the fact too, whenever he crashes through the walls, when he breaks through the walls, I love that. Mm, that is creepy. That was, and he tries to grab her, that was really good. I know I'm talking about certain scenes out of place and everything. No, but, it's fine. You know, but I feel like it goes hand in hand with this, so... But I really liked how they actually used a different way of actually trying to get to her. So, and, huh? No, go ahead. And then when when she finally falls down, she winds up grabbing the gun. She shoot, uh, and I don't know why he did it, but he does it. She has the gun pointed straight to him, and then he leans up, and then she shoots him. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, isn't that then where they both? Crash through the window. No, that oh. was that, that was the ending. That was the oh, ending. Oh, the I was ending. Talking about. Okay, yeah. That I was talking about. It's so bizarre so, with these movies 
like they they shoot the the person right like michael or jason or whoever mm-hmm. and then you think oh okay well that's it because with jason or michael you're thinking these people are human they're just kind of very very messed up but then they pop back up and i'm like okay are they zombies or are they humans Or some type of supernatural beings. (laughs) Yeah, I still think that Jason is a zombie. Yeah, I'm still convinced on that one. But I'm going to go back to what Brooker said on Film on the Rocks for his review of the the Jamie Lee Curtis uh, original film for Halloween. Okay. And he said that clearly he's human because in the Jamie Lee Curtis movie, and I remember this, too, because I had it on VHS, I remember stopping it because I don't ever remember them ever showing Michael's fakes before. And when Jamie Lee Curtis rips his mask off, there you since tell that he's actually a human being because of the fact there's He's he's got he's got a swollen lip. He, you know, because Michael's taking a lot of impact as well with all, the way Jamie Lee Curtis is actually fighting him. Yeah. So you can definitely tell there's a lot of incisions and stuff like that that need that uh, she put him through that he had, he actually swelled up like a normal human being. Is the point that I'm making. Mm-hmm. So with this, you know, it doesn't show you a human side to him that much other than whenever he ended up putting taking off the mask and just showing his face and that was before he was uh lori was even fighting him Mm. but you know i don't understand if why he linked up with the gun yeah or if he was trying to attack her i don't understand why he would do that but i do like how it cuts over to the seven millimeter film. Oh yeah, and it's I like that because, in a way, and this is just me thinking. It's like now Lori's embraced into that darkness because she just tried to kill her brother. Mm, wow, I mean, it runs in the family. So, well, she was trying to do it under self defense purposes, okay, sure. though. Still a murder. <laughs> <laughs> Self-defense. Mm-hmm. Her because her brother Myers, was a crazy maniac. <laughs> but actually it was a different name because she was adopted. True. But what did you think of the ending? Did you like the ending? Did you feel like that they should have maybe done something different? Um, I don't know. Because it seems kind of like a shock. Like the whole ending seems like a, you're shocked just as much as she is. Like she, I'm assuming she blew his brains out because it's just a bunch of blood right. splattered and went back on her face. And then she's shocked. And then you're shocked. Like, whoa, what just happened? And then it just cuts. And I'm like, what just happened? Like, I, I if I felt like I needed time to process what I just saw, and maybe that's what Rob wanted us to do. Right. And I really feel like he... Now, some people do not like this movie at mm-hmm. all. Yeah, they did. Because because of the psychological aspect to it. Because of the fact that they got rid of the whole shape thing mm. as well. Mm. 
Because that's what he was called. He was actually called the shape. He was just somebody in the shadows stalking you. Oh, okay. Yeah. And everything. So that's why they called him the shape. I liked it. I don't know. I, it's one of those films. And where it's, I'm going to put it like yeah. this. Um, okay. So you remember when I did the Nightmare on Elm Street Freddy's Revenge review with advanced genetics? Yes. Okay, we call Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 an Elseworld Nightmare on Elm Street movie. So, I'm going to put this as the Rob Zombie film as an Elseworld Michael Myers story of Halloween. Yes, because there are plenty of (laughs) Michael Myers films. Um, I actually did not get to see the 2018 one because I was Halloween fatigued. Mm. (laughs) Because I was like, oh, God. I saw it. I saw it in theaters. (laughs) I I think I saw almost all the Halloween movies, even H2O. (laughs) And then I... I saw that in theaters. Yeah, and I think with the 2018 one, I did not... Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened. Maybe I was like, okay, I'm done with this. You see, I I can't blame you on that, though. But what glued me into this new... The 2018 film... They got rid of the whole entire thing that Lori and Michael are related. Yeah. It turned into like a rumor around a small town, which is something I liked. So there's those two aspects that I really liked about it. Yeah. And they left it as a sequel to the first movie rather than us focusing on the second film with him in the hospital. Okay. Yeah, because I was just about to ask you. I wasn't sure if that was with the Michael Myers films or the Jason films where they just kind of got rid of the the whole their related aspect. So, yeah, that would be the Michael, Michael Myers, Myers okay. Halloween 2018. Okay. And I have to say, I loved aspects of Halloween, the 2018 movie. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it, I loved aspects. Whenever I first saw it, I really loved it. But the more I sat down, the more I actually let it marinate a little bit. There, were, I could actually say I enjoyed aspects of it, but not as a whole. Mm. Like, I thought the ending was anticlimactic. I thought the mentioning and having the actors who played other characters in it was really good. It wasn't too on the nose. It wasn't forced. The only thing I didn't like, too, was... You know how you always have that one asshole kid that always gets it? Yeah. They left him alone. It's like, okay, they went on ahead, and they left him alone, and that was it. I'm like, really? I wanted the payback. I wanted that. And then you're seeing Jamie Lee Curtis... uh, I know that you know about him being burnt inside the basement or whatever. Okay, so basically, Jamie Lee Curtis has this thing where this countertop, this counter, can um, she can move it to the side, and underneath it is this little basement area to where they can actually hide in, in this little area, and she presses a button, and the counter goes back into its place like a secret compartment. Ooh. So, you know, I really wanted to see more of the booby traps that she actually had around there, because I would have loved to see just an all-out Jamie Lee Curtis versus Michael Myers all-out booby trap place around that whole entire area. 
and instead we, I didn't get that. All I got was him being trapped in the basement after struggling uh, to escape him and everything, and then of course he gets burned, and then now you have this new movie, Halloween Kills. <laughs> I like the segue you just did. He's burned, and then what? we have Halloween Kills. <laughs> I was like, okay. But... I don't oh, know if you saw God. the teaser for I'm Alexa. Is all I'm not talking to you, Alexa. Oh, Alexa. It's off, okay. Off. She's just she's she's just a jealous person. She wanted to review this movie too. Oh, it's like, it's like she you, wanted to review this like movie too to make a, that's what it was. And she just came on and started talking. <laughs> Damn! I didn't know I had that effect it, on. I don't uh, know what it is about her, but if she hears something on TV, or she she hears me talking to somebody, it's some trigger word, and she just comes on and says, "Sorry, I don't know that, but I can find this here." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> this is that jealous friend that just pops up. You like, haven't been to join in on a conversation. Me. You know, you have that random person at work or whatever that you think that they think they know what they're talking about, and they don't. Yeah. They just join the yeah. conversation. That's what yeah. Alexa does. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I know what I signed up for when but, I got an Alexa. I know that the government is listening to me and all my devices, <laughs> and that she just listened to all my conversations. So I know what I signed up for. Okay. 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 I'm sorry. What were you saying? So sorry before she interrupted. Okay. What's ha- what we were talking about was Halloween Kills. Did you see the... Uh, okay, I did see a teaser trailer before this trailer that got released today. But did you see that? Did you see that other trailer? Um, I saw one where Lori was... Jamie Lee Curtis was in a truck and it was running... That's yep, the that's one? the one. It was running from the burning, a burning home. Yep. And she was like, let yep. him burn. And, that and I was like, I know, right, girl? Right. <laughs> Right, because she was the one who left him inside the basement to burn. And she was panicking over the fact that uh, they were about to put out the fire. Okay, yeah. So that was, that would be, is that just a teaser trailer? Because I know there's like three trailers. Yeah, that was, that was a teaser trailer. This was another teaser trailer that we got today. But I want to talk about this meme I found a while back. Where Michael, where it's supposed to be Michael calling out nine one one in the basement. <laughs> what? And he said, "This, yeah, is that this bitch left me in the basement to burn? <laughs> Come and get me." I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> But anyways, oh, <laughs> that's the extended cut that they didn't show. Oh, I need to find that meme again, and I need to show it to you because it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like, what did Michael Myers say? Nothing, you idiot. He's down in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, oh what did you think of this new oh. trailer? Well, now I feel like I have to go back and see um, the 2008 version. 18. Yeah, yeah 2018 version. Um, since this seems to be a continuation from it. 
Um, mm-hmm. But like you said with Freddy, I think with all these Michael Myers remakes and the sequels, uh, there's um, <laughs> it's like a, a multiverse. Like maybe this is this is the only way I can, it makes sense in my head. Okay, so maybe this 2018 Michael Myers, maybe this is like Earth Three. No, this is just okay. Forget about all those other but Michael I, Myers movies. Okay, okay, okay. Because those are no longer canon anymore. Okay. Just the first Halloween movie, this 2018 one, and the two other ones that we're getting, and that's it. Those are going to be the only ones okay, that are canon. That is erase everything and Rob Zombie film. Right, because Rob Zombie is just an Elseworld Rob Zombie film on but its own. But then that could be Earth Two. Right. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's like, no. I just do everything that doesn't make sense. Like how they have all these remakes of Freddy, and then there are all these Jason remakes. I'm like, okay, so that was that was well, Earth One, the classic. They only had one remake of uh, Freddy, though. They didn't do any more. Yeah, but like, they did sequels. Okay, so like. So, like, the, you know, the original movies, okay, let's say that's Earth One, right? And then they do a remake, and that's Earth Two, and then they do another remake, that's Three, and then the current remakes, which would be... Is Earth No, that'd be like Earth Four, because we're on Earth Four now. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's the only way it makes sense in my head. Because I'm like, there's too many remakes. I don't know what to do. There was Halloween H2O. and Halloween Resurrection. Jamie Lee Curtis is still alive. Which we don't okay. talk about. Halloween Resurrection was I the worst. I saw all of them. And I just, that's why I got like, I fatigued. Too. And I, I must have blanked out the 2018 one. Okay. But I go back and see the 2018 but- one then. Okay. Okay, and what did you think of this trailer? This trailer looked interesting. Um, it piqued my interest, but I think it's because I saw the Rob Zombie Halloween, so that kind of mm-hmm. revitalized um, Halloween for me. And I was like, "Oh, cool! All right, all right, okay." And then you showed me this trailer, and I was like, "Oh, what this is? Oh, wow! Okay." Hmm. And this is actually perfect timing. Yeah. Because I almost gave up on everything. <laughs> I got tired. <laughs> you don't know what I've been through, John. I've been but, through Halloween 1 through 4, 5, and H2O, and Resurrection, and Buster Rhymes were in there, and LL Cool J was in there. I thought that was actually funny with Buster Rhymes. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? If there's ever a chance for us to do uh, Halloween Resurrection for our Patreon, we'll do it. Bust the bus. Man, what the fuck are you yeah. doing over here? You're supposed to be what inside the, the van. Get in there with Sherry. You really want to party with me. <laughs> da, 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 da. Okay. Okay. Sorry. By the way, he has a I new album. Buster Rhymes. Yes, out. yes. Buster Rhymes has That's... a new album, everyone. And then tomorrow, Rob Zombie is releasing what? his new album. Uh-oh. Yep. Yeah. So, Normally known as White Zombie. Okay. Yep. And 
Yeah. Anyway, because White Zombie had um, face paint on and Rob Zombie doesn't. <laughs> but the music is still the same. So that was like Earth One was White Zombie and Earth Two was Rob Zombie. <laughs> okay, so this is my thoughts for this <laughs> So I thought the trailer was good. It's just a choppy yeah, trailer. You know, it's just something to get us excited, which is what a trailer's supposed to do. It's supposed to hype you up and reel you in, and that's exactly what it does did to me. And then you had questions about how did the mask <laughs> didn't burn up in the fire. <laughs> Maybe they got to him just in time before the mask actually uh, burned. <laughs> okay. But I, I, I like the fact that they're doing a throwback to all the characters that they actually had. Like Paul Rudd, I think is going to be back <laughs> in it. I think. Okay. Because, because you know he was in part six. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> but you know, I'm excited to see some of these characters come back and revisit them. Yeah. You know, I'm just in it for Jamie Lee Curtis. And. Another thing, though, too, is this. This actually feels like the whole town is just sick yeah, of Michael. Yeah, I'm sick of it too. So it looks like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but they're not kidding okay. anymore. Sorry. So... <laughs> yes, we are on Earth Four. Okay. But, but it feels like that the town is just tired yeah. of Michael, and so they're all getting together to yeah. kill him. That's what it seems so like. So are me. these? Gonna be the last final sequels or prequels, whatever they're doing. Right now, okay. yes. Yeah, the last okay. two sequels. Now, I don't know if it's gonna change or not, okay, but John. yeah. John. Mm. And <laughs> after these sequels, if they start bringing another sequel, I want you to admit that, <laughs> that we're on Earth 5 of Halloween. <laughs> That it's a multiverse now. <laughs> I'm not gonna, gonna admit it. You're gonna that. do it. They just nope. can't leave these movies alone. <laughs> well, I mean, we're getting a break from the Jason and Freddy movies, so that's good. right. But another thing, though, too. Well, another thing, though, too, is that I feel like people are ready for another Michael Myers story, which is why Bloomhouse is doing it. Because they actually, uh, here's the thing, I may not care for Bloomhouse films oh, on certain things, but on paper, oh. because it doesn't land well on screen compared to from paper okay. to screen. Now, on the paper aspect, on the script, and everything with the ideas that they have, it looks great. But when they use it and they utilize it on the screen, it just doesn't work for me, especially with Happy Death Day oh, and stuff no. like that. But I have to get but I have to give Bloomhouse credit for where credit is due for trying to give us original content. So that's what I like about Bloomhouse. Even though I don't really care about their, um, as far as what it looks like on screen, I have to commence them with trying something new. Yeah. And Bloomhouse did this where they had a new idea, a new fresh take for uh, Halloween, which is why they did the 2018 okay. Halloween. So I can actually appreciate that. And I actually like the flow that they actually done with the 2018 Halloween, even though there was a few little problems here and there that I didn't really like, especially what they did with 
the Loomis character, which is not Loomis, is another doctor that's in its place that's Loomis, but it's, you know, but I just didn't like what they were doing with his character. I <laughs> because feel it took like me out. Loomhouse said, we need to get Tamika back. Because she gave <laughs> up on the Halloween movies. So they're trying to get me back into them. And maybe they're winning. Yeah, I can see that. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like the fact that they want to focus on just the uh, first original film that Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis and not pay attention to the other ones and make these other films canon. So I really <laughs> do I appreciate still them like doing the Rob Zombie one, even though it doesn't count. I do too. I do too, even though it does take away the simplicity oh. of the first film. There's no psychological stuff that actually happens within the first film or anything like that. But I appreciate both films for what they are. And it's a very simplistic story for the very first film. You have a guy who was an escaped mental uh, patient who goes on a Halloween uh, murder spree through this suburban suburban house neighborhood. So that's what I liked about the first Halloween. Yeah. And then... And then you take Rob Zombie, who uses psychological analogy mixed in with horror and use it for the Michael Myers one. I really have to say I like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, sorry. I was going to say in itself, you can see that in suburbia, which is supposed to be safe, but then you have this character, the shape as he originally was. Who Michael Myers come in and there's um, the darkness is coming into the suburban landscape. I find that kind of interesting too. It does. And matter of fact, that's what Brooker oh, said please. as well. We need to do a podcast uh, again. He said that well, <laughs> we, did. <laughs> we did um, well, okay. we can make, I kind of got that arrange if Brooker ever wants to come back on. I've been wanting him yeah, to come back on it. for a while. Um, but he actually said that pretty much puts a stamp in the shadow over uh, over that town, over the suburban uh, mm. neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of movies that do that. Like Stephen King's It. Like you had a small mm-hmm. um, suburban town played with a killer clown which I am interested sorry going back to Rob Zombie his obsession with clowns he seems obsessed with clowns do you right. know the answer to that or should I ask <clears throat> Mr. Zombie okay. I think you need to okay. ask Mr. Zombie that I will give a little bit of a background on Rob a little bit, and then we'll, after that, they'll be we'll we'll go on ahead and do our we'll oh, say goodbye. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess. All so. right, but Rob actually, like I said, Rob actually grew up in a freak show carnival, and basically the carnival, uh, something wound up happening where the carnival caught on fire or something like that. And the parents are like, well, this is no longer safe for our our son anymore or anything. And of course, 
then that's when they decided to stop doing the freak shows, stop doing the carnivals, which you can actually tell by the style that he actually has. That's the kind of pl- nature that he actually grew up in. So <clears throat> there's that. That's a little bit of a background on Rob. But I just could imagine him going to school during the summertime. Like, so Rob, what was your life like? Well, I saw this uh, this guy with a beard and then the the carnival got caught on fire and now I'm here. <laughs> oh, I just went to the I just went to France. <laughs> Bonjour. Bonjour. Yes. <laughs> but overall this this film was a lot of fun to rewatch again. I really liked rewatching this film. So Yeah. All right. There's that. Cool. Yep. Well, guys, I want to go on ahead and uh, clean house a little bit. We actually have a Patreon now called Movie Lovers Unite. You can go there by going to www.patreon.com slash Movie Lovers Unite. And we have a $5 tier, a $10 tier, and a $20 tier. Go in and take a look at those. And you get a lot of content coming up pretty soon that we're going to be doing. We're going to be documentary series. We're going to be doing a lot of other stuff that I cannot wait to even get into. We're even doing classic movies on that Patreon as well. Our very first one is going to be a gangster movie called Caesar. It's going to be a great time for us to actually review that. So if you guys want to go on ahead and go to that Patreon, go on ahead, check it out. Let us know what you think. We also have a place where you can donate towards us, and that is www.movielovers, well, buymeacoffee.com slash movielovers, and you guys can donate a couple cups of coffee there. That's just to keep the lights on at Movie Lovers Unite. And, of course, I wanted to start doing movie giveaways, so digital giveaways, so therefore that's where you're going to get if you go on ahead and subscribe to the $20 tier as well. You'll get like a, movie, a digital movie, a free digital movie that we're going to give to you. But if you want to just donate to the show, that's just my our appreciation by going on ahead and start doing some digital movie giveaways. We also have a place for all your entertainment needs for your movie news. And it's called www.movieloversunite.com. We also have... Uh, Pinterest called Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite. We also have a Facebook page, www. Well, it's actually uh, Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite. <laughs> and then, of course, we also have the. Uh, we also we're also on Twitter as well at Movie Lovers Unit. And of course, you guys can follow me on Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter and also on Instagram at John Diagorio eighty five. And then. You can also follow me at Movie Lovers Unite on Instagram as well. So that's pretty much everywhere that you guys can actually find me on. Of course, you guys can also find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and coming soon, Sirius XM. So those are all the platforms that you can actually find me on. And of course, you can find Tamika on here some uh, sometimes as well, doing movie reviews yeah. with me. Most of I'm in the background being the businesswoman. <laughs> right. And she does an excellent job at being the uh, businesswoman. Yes, I and do. It's very straight. hard. I'll tell you people. that. It's very hard. So, 
It is. Oh That's what God. keeps her up. Yeah, at, I keep her I up at night like all, all hours because she never knows. In Tropic Thunder, I told you this. I got your team. <laughs> right. That's oh. me. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> so, anyways, join us on the YouTube channel of uh, Saturday at seven o'clock. P.M. Central Time, 8 o'clock Eastern Time for our one-on-one interview with Crichton Hobbs for his independent film that's actually dropping tomorrow for Blinded by the Darkness. And guys, have a great and safe Halloween. I hope to actually be able to talk to you guys again. I'm going to be doing my Frighteners review tomorrow, so you guys can actually check that out. And again, thank you for all your thoughts and prayers uh, throughout last night about the hurricane. I really do appreciate that. And always until next time. Bye.